Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, how's everybody doing? Woo! All right, man, you guys are half alive, half awake. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Renew Church. Uh, welcome to what I say sometimes. Welcome to Renew, not just the building, not just the, the community of believers, but really a transformation. We're believing that God can transform and transform. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Amen? The old is gone and the new has come. And we're going to believe that and receive that today. Well, this is week five of our Mind Monsters series. Has this been helpful to you guys? All right, that sounded like halfway like I could believe you. Um, we talked about some things that, that uh, I hope have helped you in some areas. We've talked about, you know, um, getting out of some ruts and renewing our mind and, and uh, changing some patterns in our life, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and we've looked at some of these different monsters that, that uh, I've faced and maybe some of you have, have faced, things like... Um, uh, fear of failure. Mikey talked about isolation. We talked about low uh, self-esteem. Last week we talked about worry. Today I want to talk about one that I think might be kind of fitting you guys. Uh, let me just show you really quick what it is. Fear. Fear. Yes. Fitting for today, right? Fitting for the day that it is. Oftentimes people are, 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 are glorifying that in today and, and we're not going to glorify that. In fact, by the end of the night, we're, end of the day, we're going to close the door on that. Amen? Praise be to God. So, so last week, I talked to you a little bit about faith goggles and seeing things through the eyes of God, seeing things through, through God's perspective, because oftentimes it's about how we look at it, right? Like, um, you could either be, I use this analogy, you could either be a vulture or a, uh, a hummingbird, right? They're, they're both looking for something, and they both find what they're looking for, but which one, what are you looking for? Are you looking for dead things or life-giving things? Because you're going to find what you're looking for. No matter how you walk through life, you're going to find what you are looking for. I hope and I pray that you're looking for life-giving things. Today we're going to continue on that search for that, and we're going to kind of focus in for a little bit. As we talk for a little bit about fear and, and the concept of, of, of overcoming that, I want to give you the verse of... of Scripture that's been the theme verse for the entire series, um, and it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Man, I hope and I pray that you guys have been applying this. I hope that you've been thinking about whatever is true and noble and pure and right and lovely and excellent and praiseworthy. I hope that you've been thinking about those things. Uh, one of the key ideas for the series has been that our, our mind is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, right? So, so your strongest thought was, I've got to go to church, even though there was probably some weaker thoughts that were like, no, 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 stay home. No, 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 sleep in. No, 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 mow the yard. No, 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 get ready for something else. But your strongest thought said, I'm going to church today. So uh, congratulations, you made a good decision today. But that's where we go. We go where our, our mind leads us so often. And we have to consider 
how we can overcome the mind monsters in our life, the things that would come at us, that would attack us, and, um, you know, take us down a wrong path, in a wrong direction. Well, as you can tell, there's not a pulpit up here, there's not a, a table, there's two chairs. And there's a reason why there's two chairs, because um, I want to invite my friend Patty Montero uh, to make her way up. Can we give Patty a round of applause this morning? All right. All right, Patty, have a seat. Welcome. Welcome. Good welcome. Morning. So glad that you're here. So, so uh, Patty, um, did I just like call on you randomly because, you know, I just wanted somebody to stand on stage with me? No, I d- did not. That was a, I don't know why I even asked the question. Patty, uh, tell us who you are and um, maybe why I would be inviting you to speak at our Mind Monsters conclusion. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Patty Montero. You may have seen me before around in Renew. I serve happily as part of the worship team, but I'm also a licensed mental health counselor. So uh, in layman's terms, I'm a therapist. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. So um, what made you get into uh, that? What made you decide to study and, and become a mental health counselor? Well, the short version is that I'm crazy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but uh, realistically, um, I grew up as part of the Hispanic culture, and uh, growing up, we weren't allowed to talk about our problems with anyone else. It was supposed to be kept inside the house, within your family, and I went through a rough childhood, raised by a single parent, experienced a lot of trauma in the household, and growing up, I realized it wasn't just me that needed to talk to someone. There was a lot of people that I started meeting that wanted to talk to people about what they were facing, and I just didn't have the tools. And so when I became a Christian at 19, I realized I could combine helping others with the love of God and sharing his truth through counseling. And so that's what I love to do now. That's so good. Yeah, let's give her a round of applause. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Patty, what are some of the biggest mind monsters that people are battling today? So within the population that I work with, and I work with mainly teens and young adults, I still see, you know, after all these months through the pandemic, a lot of isolation, feeling disconnected from others. I've seen a lot of high levels of anxiety, exhaustion, burnout. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, I don't think that anybody would be exempt from that in this in this season, right? I mean, just COVID-19 that, that went from we thought it would be a few months to like we're going on like 20 months. Yeah. Uh, who's not burned out? Who's not exhausted? I mean, literally, you must live under a rock if you're not because it's just, it's so hard. Yeah. Such a tough, tough season. Um, I've asked Patty to join me today to wrap up, to conclude the sermon series. And um, I've, I've kind of like, prepped you for this, obviously, but um, everybody out here doesn't know this, um, that we're going to kind of preach a message together. We're going to talk about a text together, and, and I, want, I wanted a, a professional perspective. I want you to help me kind of think through, um, you know, how and what, what kind of, you know, diagnosis and advice and, and what you're seeing happening here with this uh, guy in the Bible, a friend of mine, um, I mean, not, not personal friend, but uh, <laughs> a guy by the name of Elijah. Anybody ever heard of Elijah? You guys, some of you have heard of Elijah? Okay, cool. So Elijah was an Old Testament prophet of God. If you were to read in your Bibles in 1 Kings there, 1 Kings chapter 18, like uh, he has this uh, 
showdown on Mount Carmel, which is like this, this thing where he's proving who the one true God is. And, and it's Elijah, the one prophet of God, versus the prophets of Baal. And there are 450 prophets of Baal. So it's one versus 450, but the 450 do not have the true God. They're worshiping a Baal God, a fake God. And Elijah serves the one true God. And he says, okay, so let's prove who the true God is. You, you know, set up a sacrifice and call down uh, on your God. Pray to your God and, uh, and ask him to, to, to receive the sacrifice, to burn up the sacrifice. And um, if he does, then your God is the one true God. And then I'll do the very same thing. And if my God does it, then my God is the one true God. So this is 1 Kings chapter 18. You can read it for yourself. He does it. They pray all night, all day. They're, they're seeking their God, and, and uh, nothing happens. Elijah begins to even kind of like talk a little bit of trash to them. He's like, maybe your God's asleep, you know? I mean, maybe he's busy right now, whatever. And then when it's Elijah's turn, he says, okay, go ahead, take some water, pour it on the sacrifice. Do it again, do it again. Literally, he's like watering down the sacrifice. And then he calls on heaven. He calls on the name of the Lord. And fire falls from heaven, consumes the sacrifice, and literally everybody says, Elijah's God is the one true God. The people in attendance, the people that are watching on the sidelines, they're like, wow, look at this. This, this, this is the prophet of God. He is the one true God. And, and so they take the 450 prophets of Baal, and they don't take them lightly. They don't just give them a, a runner's-up medal. They, they, the, the people there in attendance literally slaughter these these people uh, um, up on the, in the valley. And uh, Elijah is the leader of this. Elijah is the one that's doing this. He has this boldness and courage that you would expect from a prophet of God. But then you go ahead one chapter. You go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and the whole story changes. The whole thing ha- changes. So um, I'm going to read this, and then Patty and I are going to talk about it. Does that sound good? All right. 1 Kings chapter 19, I think the words will be on the screen. Now Ahab had told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel, that's uh, Ahab's wife, sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them, speaking of those prophets. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush. He sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. Like those are suicidal thoughts. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and he said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some Baked bread over hot coals and a jar of water. Like out of nowhere, food and provision shows up. And he ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Then an angel of the Lord came back a second time, and he touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. And got up, and he drank, and he ate again. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave, and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are going to kill me too. 
the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is God's word, and we're thankful for it today. And I want this to apply to our lives. I want us to be able to look at ourselves, maybe as that, that Elijah, that at some point we were, we were bold and we were strong and we were ready to take on anything, and now we're in a totally different place. Patty, what are some things that come to your mind as you read through this passage and, and, and listen to this? So Elijah, just we just heard he's a prophet of the Lord, and not only did he just have all this boldness, in chapter 18, but then immediately after, after all this adrenaline rush of, you know, facing all these men and, and prophesying that, you know, his Lord would come through, he thinks he's finally going to catch a break, and he hears from Jezebel, you will be just as dead as the rest of the prophets. And I see a man who is so weary, so tired, that he's like, you know what, God, maybe I'm not good enough to be your prophet. Just take me, you know, sp just spare me this hurt or this worry and take my life because I'm no good anyway. And so I see the adrenaline rush kind of like waning and all the insecurity and all the fear that was probably underneath, but you know, strengthened by his faith kind of come rush to the surface and he's done. He's burnt out, he's exhausted, and he, he needs to lay down. That's so good. So, so you're saying he has been running on an adrenaline you mentioned this uh, earlier, and and I felt like, man, it was it made so much sense to me. Like, um, adrenaline is something that 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 starts building up in our body that that gives us this like crazy amount of energy. Um, sometimes it's when it's a physical thing, right? Like, have you guys ever seen that where uh, you heard stories of a person that like breaks their leg? and yet they can like run an extra mile or they can do an extra thing that physically they shouldn't be able to do it. But they're running on adrenaline. But at some point, right, the adrenaline's gonna run out. So you're saying this is the same kind of thing, right? Yeah, similar to when you're facing trauma, the adrenaline kind of helps you get through it. Fight or flight, maybe you've heard that term before. And so your, your body, physically, you're ready to run. You're ready to react. But once the the trauma or the traumatic event has subsided, the rest of your body kind of relaxes and everything that's been um, pushed down so that you could react kind of floods. And so that's what I think is happening with Elijah. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're just, you just hit that place. When, it, when you're out of adrenaline, you're just at a crash. That's what he did. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. And I never, I never saw that that way until you said that. Because even the, the, the whole, you know, taking on the prophets of Baal, you know, he, he was running on the spirit of God, but also probably a, a, a hint of adrenaline that, that was able to say, wow, look what God did and, and, and how powerful God is. And, and there are times in my, my life when I, I go through that, you know, where I'm, I'm like on a, a Sunday afternoon after a couple of services, I'm like emotionally spent 
You know, it's not like I, I did a lot of physical labor and people are sometimes like, how, why are you tired? Why are you worn out? My own family sometimes is like, why are you so, like, why do you want to go to bed right now? But it, there's this like mental and emotional exhaustion, you know, because my mind is, is going 100 miles an hour. I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm ministering to people. I'm wanting to make sure that everything is, is done. Like, and I just, I, I, I get to that point where I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm done. So what does he do? He, he, uh, then he, he runs for his life. He's having these suicidal thoughts. You know, he's like, I, I'm, you know, I'd rather just die. You know, he prayed that he would die. Um, and then what happens? He crashes and burns. Yeah. He takes a nap, like most of us do when, when we're so tired that we can't keep going. Um, but then it doesn't end there, right? The Lord comes and provides. Amen. And he gives him food. He gives him water, and he lets him rest again. That's so good. But that's not enough. He says, you're going to need more to go on this journey that I'm preparing for you. So he gives him more food and more water and prepares him for this long journey that he's about to take. So good. It's, it's like he gave him a double portion, you know. It, it, he knew what he needed, and he was like, he, he knew what he was going through. He knew what he was going to face, what he had just went through and what he's about to go into because he's fixing to go on this 40-day journey. And um, so God gives him what he needs, which is a double portion of, of food, water, and rest. And my favorite thing is that the Lord knew that Elijah was just tired, right, and weary. He didn't give in and say, you're right. I'm done with you. I'm just going to spare your life and take you home, and good job. He says, no, I'm going to let him rest. I'm going to let him eat and drink. Because he's not speaking from a place of, of rational desire. He's coming from a place of burnout. And so the Lord recognizes that and says, let me take care of my child. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? Yeah, for sure. So God gives him these things. He's strengthened by the food, it says. He travels 40 days, 40 nights, until he reaches Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave, and God speaks to him, says, what are you doing? And Elijah tells him the whole story again, like, I've been zealous, and uh, everyone has rejected your covenant. They torn down your altars, and I'm the only prophet of God left. Uh, and they're trying to kill me, too. God's listening this whole time, and then God tells him to go uh, uh, stand out on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. And so then there's these three natural, you know, events, right? A windstorm that tears apart the mountains and shatters rocks. Uh, a earthquake that, that, you know, does what an earthquake does. And then there's a fire, all in the presence of Elijah. But all of these things, it says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, the fire, or the windstorm. The, the Lord wasn't there. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Talk to us about that. What, what do you see in that? Like, why do you think that happened? And what's the, what's the meaning behind some of that? So I think part of it, and I, and I loved this text, and I reread it and reread it, reread it, and tried to listen to it in different versions, and I tried to catch like the little nuances of what was different in the different translations. And what I kept thinking was, here's Elijah who basically threw a temper tantrum, hmm. right? Just like a child. And, and as most parents, we recognize that when our children throw tantrums, it's not what we see 
that they're, you know, complaining about. It's usually something deeper. And so the Lord is preparing Elijah. Not only is he going to spare him, but, but he's preparing him. So he's like, I need to walk with him through this event, through this time, because he will grow closer to me through this, right? So he tells him, wait for me. First, he asks him, Elijah, what are you doing here? As if the Lord didn't know, right? So I love when, when the Bible shows us things like that, because it's like, why would the Lord ask that? That's good. So I think he's checking in with Elijah. Like, do you know why you're here? And so he has Elijah wait for him. And he says, wait for me. I'm coming. I will speak to you again. And yet, what, what do we see comes next? These three, you know, events that, that could be fearful, could be causing more anxiety, could cause you to, to question yourself. Like, did the Lord really tell me that he was going to speak to me again? Look what he sent. And then this. And then that. Was that the Lord? But the Bible says that the Lord wasn't in those things. And I ask myself, Why? Why would the Lord not speak to him but send all these confusing, you know, different obstacles to listen to him? And I think it's because the Lord knew that Elijah would need to tune into him and wait, wait to learn to listen on him, right? So when he comes through, it's through the gentle stillness, much like when a, ch a child is throwing a temper tantrum, what do parents come and do? They soothe them, right? We don't meet the child where they're at by screaming back at them or by, you know, just like, turning the day around and saying, you know, you brought this on upon yourself. We, we hold the child. We comfort the child. We are there and, you know, shushing them and just speaking to them in a gentle, still voice so that they, when they are ready, they will learn to listen to us, right? So I think the Lord did that for Elijah, knowing that Elijah needed that, knowing that Elijah needed to practice listening to him in the stillness. So good. Like, I, I think about babies, and it's been a while since I've had a baby. You know, my daughters are teenagers now. But um, when they scream or when they cry, when they're upset, right, and they're just, just hysterical in that place of, you know, just going off, we're not going to try to out-crazy them. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to try to, like, out-scream them, shut up! You know, if, if we are, we definitely need to go see Patty, like, right away. Um, <laughs> moms and dads like when the baby's hysterical that's when you got to get close to them and you begin to whisper in their ear and just say you know mommy's here daddy's here shh, shh, shh. like that that's that's what I see God doing in this he's not trying to, to to say shut up you know he's like I'm here God is in the whisper the other thing that I I think is, is Elijah had been, so if you're taking notes on your, on your worship guide, um, uh, the, the, the first one that I, I think we kind of jumped over, but I just mentioned it. Instead of fixing, fixating on our problems, we have to focus on the Lord. So, so Elijah was fixated on Jezebel. He was fixated on, on uh, you know, they're coming for me. I, I might as well just die. Like all of his thoughts, his mind monsters, everything that was going on around him. And the Lord wanted him to focus on him. Instead of fixating on your problems, and I know you have problems. I mean, if you're breathing, you have a pulse, you have problems. But instead of fixating on your problems, it's time to focus on the Lord in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. Um, Patty, what, any, anything else that you would say? Um, you know, God's in the whisper. He's, he, he wants to get a hold of us. Um, anything else that you would say from this text that, that stands out to you? Yes, similar to a lot of us, I think Elijah was facing what is known today as imposter syndrome. And maybe you've heard that term. It's pretty catchy right now. But I think Elijah 
felt, you know, I was full of boldness and, and faith, and I conquered, you know, in front of all these people, I proved that the Lord was the Lord. But the very next chapter, you know, it's like the next obstacle in him proving that he really is a prophet of the true Lord. And he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe, like, maybe I wasn't the one that the Lord called. And so in that moment of him saying, Lord, take me, I'm done, I think he, he's giving into the lies of I'm not good enough to keep doing this. I'm not the one that the Lord truly called. And I think a lot of us may have felt similarly. Um, I know I can speak for myself and I, and I can say I have where I've doubted what the Lord has called me to do or I've doubted what, what the Lord is asking me to do. And I'll allow the lies of the enemy to tell me you're not good enough to do that. Or, you know, you're not smart enough to carry that out. Or you're not strong enough to stand up for this or stand up for that. And so I see this as a perfect example of someone who we know is a prophet of the Lord is struggling with something so human, right? That it is to doubt God. That it is to doubt what your purpose and your calling are. And so I love that he was so genuinely honest when he prays to the Lord. Like, I'm not fit to do this anymore. Like, just take me. I'm not good enough. And I think that models for us to be that vulnerable with God and, and to be that honest when we're struggling. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I think Elijah, you know, we, we just kind of run past that fact that it says he was afraid and he ran for his life. You know, some of you guys pay to, to be afraid to run for your life. You go to Universal Studios in October and you, <laughs> you pay them to do that, which is crazy and you shouldn't. That um, is crazy. But uh, he, was, he didn't pay for it, but he was running for his life. He, he was facing a fear that was uh, bigger than himself. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Jezebel, for whatever reason, he lost all boldness, all courage, all confidence and all of a sudden, he's not the chapter 18 Elijah that was there. He's this chapter 19, like, tail between his legs, like, just kill me now, God. I'm done. This is over. When, when we have that fear, when we're facing these things, Patty, let's, let's wrap this up with what are some practical things that we can do when we have fear or any of these other mind monsters? What are some practical things that we can do when we feel the mind monsters coming on, creeping in? Well, I'd love to use this text um, to, I want to say, Elijah modeled for us things that we can do that are practical steps. So the first thing was that he prayed, and he prayed to God earnestly. You know, he didn't come with flowers or, you know, try to make it you know, sound better or try to please God. He was, he was brutally honest. And he told the Lord his concerns from his heart and from his mind. He just poured it out. And so I think that's a great thing for us to do as well. We don't have to hide from the Lord. He knows, right? And when we do that, it's not for the Lord. It's for us. We need to get it off our chest. Amen. And so immediately right after, after he shared all that, he goes to sleep. So hear it from me that I'm recommending that you take a nap. Right? When you're facing a lot, you actually need time to rest. So not only did he rest, but then he ate. I know. It's like, right? But but sometimes when I'm talking to patients and they're struggling with anxiety or depression, they can't remember the last time they had a, a real meal. And so those basic things may sound so simple, but that's what Elijah modeled for us. And after he ate and prepared for his journey that, that the Lord prepared him for. 
He went on a fast. For 40 days and 40 nights, he had a fast. And I'm not saying you have to do a fast from food or from this, that, the other. I just want to show that that's what he modeled. To prepare for this journey, to listen to the Lord, ultimately, he had to fast. And so the next thing that he did was he had faith. He didn't know where Amen. he was going. He didn't know what the Lord was going to do with him. He just, know, he just knew that he took a nap, he ate twice, and then he was on his way. So the next time that you are on that journey, recall what the Lord has done for you. The Lord had just showed himself in front of all the people of Israel and showed the 450 prophets that he was the one true God. So even though Elijah didn't know what the journey was going to lead him, he knew what the Lord had already done for him. Amen. So when you are going through this, remind yourself, what has the Lord done for me in the past similar to this? Amen. If this is the first time that you're facing this kind of struggle, remind yourself of what you know the Lord has done for the people in your life. And last but not least, as he did this, he waited on the Lord. He knew that the Lord said, I will speak to you. I will come to you again. But the only way to be ready to listen to his voice is to know his voice. So that when he speaks, you know what you're going to listen to. That's good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. And so you have to practice being in the presence of God so that when the really, really tough moments come, you know, you, you're like, oh, that's God. God's speaking. And when the earthquakes come, you're like, that's not God. That's definitely not God. That's, a, that's an earthquake. That's a mess. That's a disaster. So we have to practice being in the presence of God. I love the, the, the idea of, of, of fasting afterwards, removing some stuff. And, you know, I, I mentioned this in the first service. Um, there's, there's documentaries. There's, like, entire series of shows about, like, they follow these people. I was watching it, and I'm like, I had to turn it off because I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. It's really bad. But they follow, like, they're trying to catch. They're called... Um, Man, I just forgot the name of what they're called. But they, 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 they listen to, to um, scanners, radio scanners, police scanners, and they literally try to get to the scene of the crime or the scene of the burning house or the scene of the crash. And if they can capture, like, you know, a body with a, you know, tarp over it, it's money. Like, it's going to sell to the news, you know, channels. If they can get, like, uh, something, like, really, really terrible happening, it's, it's money for them. And so they're constantly trying to catch the, like, on-scene, like, crash or, uh, you know, the person, you know, dying. And if it's that, then the news channels will pay them a lot of money so that then they can show it on the news. And, and it's like... Literally, we're the result. We're the end result. They catch it. They sell it to the news channel, and then they feed it to us. If it's just a picture of a little kitty cat, you know, crossing the street or coming out of a tree, it's not making news. You're not watching it. What they're trying to sell you, what you're buying, what you're consuming is fear all day. The more, the, the more fearful it is, the better it sells and we've got to like, we've got to find a way to fast from that stuff. We've got to find a way to say, ah, oh, I'm not going to stick my brain on that. I'm not going to put my mind into that. 
Like, I got I to gotta change what I'm, what I'm giving myself. I love the fact that you're, you're saying the practical stuff, like eat and get some rest. But how often are we like, especially men, like machismo, like, oh, I, I don't need rest. I work 18 hours, two jobs, you know. Uh, that's, I do all that before breakfast. Watch what I can do. Until we get to the place where Elijah is, you conquer the prophets of Baal, but then Ahab's wife, Jezebel, shows up and you're running for your life. Like, we've got to do some stuff. We've got we to take some practical steps to say, okay, take care of yourself. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Remove the mind monsters. Um, Patty, I think we have the website. I, I don't know if they uh, were able to fix it. I think the website was uh, a, a little bit wrong. There, we got it right this time. Brighterheartscounseling.com is how they can find out about your, your uh, organization, right? And um, she has offices in Coral Gables. Does that mean since it's in Coral Gables that it's going to be Coral Gables pricing? on? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you that right here, right now. But uh, I just did, didn't I? Uh, sorry. But if you want information about Patty and, and, and her organization, man, uh, she's going to be at, at the table. You'll have cards and information. You can grab it on your way out. But thank you so much. Can we give Patty a round of applause? Amen. Thank you, Patty. God bless you. S- stand with me. Everybody, would you stand? And let's prepare for uh, our, our time together and our worship and closing. And um, we're just going to ask God to do something, that he would just speak to our hearts, to our lives, that he'd minister to us. And uh, I'll come back up in just a minute or two, and we'll, um, we'll wrap up the service. But stop thinking about how you can help the person next to you that's got a mind monster and start thinking about you. What do you need to eat? What do you need to do? How do you need to get some rest? How do you need to change some patterns? Maybe you need to see Patty or, or another counselor, mental health counselor. Um, Maybe you need to be a part of a small group that, that will, will walk with you, talk with you, help you, encourage you. Several different ones that are gathering every week. And uh, these are things that um, have helped me. I know, Patty, you're in one, right? So, so they're even helpful to you. Even though you're a professional, you need it, right? Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for what you're doing, for what you're going to do in this time together, God. As we prepare our our hearts for uh, just, you know, the closing song and this worship time. God, I pray that you just speak to to us about what we need to do personally, the changes we need to make. Maybe it's just what we're feeding ourselves and what we're putting into our minds and finding rest and practicing your presence, listening to your voice. Speak, we pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
everything to the one. I give everything to the one who chases after me. Who won't relent? He chases after my heart. He chases after my heart. Sing all my life. All my life you have been faithful. Every day of my life. All my life you have been so, so Amen. He is worthy of our praise. God, we say thank you. We say thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all that you do, for the way that you meet our needs, God, the way that you, you fight our battles, oh God. God, we thank you that your mercy is running after us. 
God, I pray that we would slow down enough so that you can, you can speak to us, so that you can feed us, so that you can give us rest, so that you can prepare us for the next stage in our journey. God, it's a reminder that even the prophet of God, Elijah, this powerful man of God, taking on 450 prophets, fell down and gave up and was ready to die. He was suicidal. But God, thank you that you didn't leave him nor forsake him. Thank you that you were right there speaking to him in the whisper. Thank you that you told him you were there. Thank you that you, you reminded him that you care. God, I pray that you minister to the hearts and lives of people today, each and every single one. Today, we're going to, as I told you, we're going to close the door on uh, fear. We're not going to let Mike Fierzowski in. Amen. Praise be to God. We're closing the door not to open it up again. If that's you today, if you're saying, man, pastor, my, my mind monster, maybe it's not fear, but maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's stress or worry. Maybe it's uh, just this, this, this drive to do better than the next person, and that's part of that, that whole imposter syndrome or that, that low self-esteem. Maybe it's something that, that has come from your childhood. Maybe it's something that was said. If, if, if you're fighting a mind monster, and today you're just going to say, Pastor, I, I surrender it to God right here and right now. I just, I'm, I'm letting it go. I'm leaving it here. I'm not walking up the door with my mind monster. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, I'm making this public declaration. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. So God, you see hands and you know hearts. I thank you for each and every hand raised, each and every person that's, that's seeking your face right now, oh God. I just ask that you would do what only you can do, oh God. Feed us. Nurture us. Give us rest. Provide for us, oh God, when we can't provide for ourselves. Forgive us, God, when we try to do things on our own, in our own strength, God, in our own power. God, we just, we just need to come before you and listen to your voice. Help us to hear your voice. To be reminded that we are enough in you, that we are enough. That when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. That no matter what the past has held against us or what someone has said, the voices of the past, God, we aren't what they say. We are who you say we are. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, this is just that moment in this service where it's between you and God and with me as a witness and being able to testify and just be able to, to pray for you. If, if today you haven't made that first step, that, that decision to ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, that's the first thing you've got to do. If you want to be able to hear his voice, then you've got to be his child. Don't tell me about your parents and their relationship with them and, and how you, you have five Bibles at home. Don't tell me about how you used to go to church. It's not about that. That's all religious stuff. What I'm talking about is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm talking about is it's asking Jesus Christ to, to forgive you of your sins and make things right with him just by saying, I, I'm, I'm submitting to you. I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's your prayer, not the person next to you, if that's your prayer today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Slip up your hand right where you're at. If that's you today, I see your hand in the back. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anybody else? Praise be to God. Would you just pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father,
we thank you so much for all that you've done for us here and now. I ask that you would come into our life, come into my life. This is a personal prayer. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a brand new creation. Today, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior, to live with me forever. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Come on, let's give somebody a round of applause for the declaration that's being made. Man, I'm so excited about what God's doing in our church. If you made a decision today, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, if you want to take a next step, we have what's called the Next Steps Tent, and that would be a perfect space, spot to stop. That's the only tent out there in the front. Stop by there, talk to one of our, our, uh, our uh, just people that are there, one of our hosts, and they'd love to get a Bible in your hands, talk to you about the Bible that maybe you've just received, and help you take that next step in your walk with the Lord. We're excited about what God's doing in our church. We're excited about what God wants to do in our church, not just this building, but in individual lives, in each and every single one of you. And uh, man, we just want to continue to walk with you on this journey. Would you, uh, Mikey, come on up and you guys be seated. Mikey's going to bring uh, just a few more announcements and our offering time. Well, good morning once again. Man, wasn't church awesome this morning? Isn't that good? That was so good, man. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Trevor. That was awesome, man. Really good segment, man. Good stuff, man. God is the God of the whisper. He's not in the chaos, man. So that's still small boys. So pray that that ministered to you guys, man. It ministered to me today, this morning. Um, but, man, let's get into some of the announcements, some things that we've got going on. Um, November the 14th, we're going to be doing baptism celebrations here on Sunday. So if you've never been baptized, if you want to take that next step in your faith, man, get baptized. If you want more information on that, go to the website, www.renew.miami forward slash baptism. There's a whole, um, you know, paragraph there of just breaking down what baptism is. There's a registration link. If you want to sign up to be baptized on that day, or you can just come find a pastor and just ask us, ask us about that. And Guys, baptism is just simply, it's, it's, a, it's a symbolic thing of what's going on inside of your heart, right? It's, it's, it's representing our decision to follow Jesus. We're dying to ourselves when we get dipped into that water. And when we come out, we're raising a new life. So if that's you, if you're ready to take that step, man, I would encourage you to do that. Find a pastor or go online and check it out. Another thing that we have coming up, do I have any Renew ladies in the house? Ladies, we're going to have to do a lot. Do, do I have any Renew ladies in the house. There we go. There we go. There we go. It shows nobody's listening to my announcements. <laughs> no, but um, Renew Ladies, we're going to have a fellowship on November the 6th. It's going to be a great time. Um, if you've never gone to anything like that, I encourage you to go. I've never gone because I'm not a woman, but I, I, they're awesome. From what I hear from it, it's an awesome time of just hanging out, getting to know some of the women at this church, uh, praying with each other, encouraging each other, just building relationships and just having a really good fun time. So if you're a woman, man, go out to the, the Renew Ladies Fellowship on November the 6th. Um, another thing I want to mention today, we've got Trunk or Treat, ladies and gentlemen. Can I hear some noise for that? That's right. The event officially starts at 6.30. Man, I'd love to see all of you there. But if you want to enter, if you want to use your trunk and, and decorate it and hand out 
candy. It's not too late. You can still sign up in the lobby area there. Um, we have candy. So if that's an issue, if that was something that you were like, oh, I'd love to set up a trunk, but I don't have candy. We've got candy. We can help you out. Um, if you're doing a trunk, we want you to be here no later than 6 p.m. so that we can be ready and, and get ready for all the families that are coming through. And there's an incentive to having a trunk because it's a competition. So the winner of the trunk competition is going to get a $100 gift card to Target. Come on. That's something right there. Yeah. That's right. But man, even if you don't win, that's fine. It's just a good opportunity to come out, to introduce ourselves to the community, just meet some new faces that I've never heard about Renew Church. I don't know anything about Renew Church. It gives us the opportunity to just be a friendly face and invite them over to come on Sunday and just be a part of what it is that we're doing. Um, my last announcement is we're having our RC Kids open house today. So today and today only would be an exclusive opportunity so when you exit, make a right and check out our brand new RC Kids wing. It's amazing. It's awesome. This is a part of where like when we when we tithe and we worship God in that way, our money is going to helping pursue our next generation. It's something that is super important to us here at Renew Church. And so your dollars matter. It goes to being able to create spaces for our kids and fun, dynamic things to help reach our next generation. So I encourage you guys, when we get out of here, make a right and go check out everything that they got going on at RC Kids. Man, lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know there's a few ways to do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. Just take that and drop it off in one of the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for, um, God, the opportunity to just come and, and, and hear an encouraging message and, and worship with our brothers and sisters, God, and know that, that we have safe spaces that we can go and share and be vulnerable with, God, and know that you hear us, know that you're there for us, and know that you're making a way for us, God. So I just pray that we would be encouraged by that, Lord. You know our needs. God, I pray for this offering this morning. God, as we worship you in this way, God, use it to continue to just build your kingdom and, and, and God, just let your word go forward here in this community, God. Bless these people as they worship you in this way, God, and be with them for the rest of the day, God. Keep us safe tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next week.